Okay. So with Windows on at home here, I, I only use NVIDIA because I only mostly use it. You know, I'll, I'll jump into Reaper to see what the Windows version of Reaper says about a certain thing, if there's a discrepancy with Reaper on the Mac or whatever. That's really all I use it for. But at work, I, I certainly wouldn't be doing what I do on a Mac with numbers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, got you, got you. All right, let's get into it. It sounds like we got some some good levels. You ready for me to press record? I am. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, go cool. because that you hearing yourself coming back to you was me pressing <laughs> record. I was doing one of those <laughs> intros where we could say, "Hey, the voice that you're hearing is none other than." The person from Australia, Mr. Garth Humphreys, and this is Vishan Jones with the Delivering Access Network, and you're on Outliers. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm very well, thank you, Vashon. How are you? <laughs> We've already been through this, but better than <laughs> excellent. Uh, so <laughs> we were just having a conversation, a very um, oftentimes spirited conversation in the blind community about Windows, and it's always that VS, that versus Mac. And you are uh, loving uh, both accessible platforms. And tell us a little bit about that. Why do you use Windows? Why do you use Apple products? When do you use them and what do you use them for? Okay, so Windows for me, I mean, my workplace is Windows, so I have no other choice, right? Um, and what I do in Windows, I don't believe I would be doing on the Mac with numbers as efficiently as I can do it in Excel um, with JAWS. Now, does that mean I, I couldn't do it? I don't know. I don't know. I've, I have not tried. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a workplace where it's Windows. So right, right. I have no choice. But that being said, I love it. It is efficient. It's quick. Um, it's accessible. So it's a great solution. It really is a great solution, JAWS, with, with uh, the Microsoft suite of products. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> Now, like I, well, like I was mentioning earlier, before we press record, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> if I had to pay for Jaws, would I think it was such a fantastic solution? I'm, I'm fortunate in that the federal government here pays for the adaptive technology I need, right? Gotcha. So if I had to pay for it, I'm sure NVDA would be everything I needed, and I would love that too. <laughs> right. um, I do keep NVDA on my machine at work, and I do have a and look, I would recommend everyone does this who can possibly afford it. Have a little recurring PayPal balance going off to NVDA because what they're doing is awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and because occasionally at work I will use NVDA, I, I feel it's only, you know, fair that I continue to support, financially support them. Um, the great thing with NVDA for me at work is it gets me out of trouble spots. So... If I open up Excel and I try and open up a, a file that's you know, too big, it's got too much data in it mm -hmm. for the limited RAM I have on my work machine, uh, Excel will freeze up, will choke, and, of course, JAWS will choke at the same time. JAWS, I find, chokes. If anything else goes down on Windows, JAWS will go with it. You know, you lose speech. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we blame JAWS, but it's often, you know, Internet Explorer or Chrome or something else has gone down and it seems to take JAWS with it. Yep. NVDA, you know, control old hand and you've got NVDA there and it doesn't care. <laughs> it, it keeps on going. Gotcha. And so I find it's a fantastic um, sort of backup and, and way out of problems when, when they occur. Okay. So, gotcha. Yeah. So, what do you do with the the federal government? You mentioned spreadsheets and very large ones. So, I imagine you deal with some <laughs> data and manipulation. Yeah. No. Um. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Let's let's clear that up. No, I don't work for the federal government. I just mean the um, the government here in Australia through Job Access gotcha. and various other programs will pay for a de- uh, assistive technology. Oh. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I work for a private company. I'm currently a quality manager in a call centre. So most of, you know, the spreadsheets are, you know, really sort of like large bunches of data. Anyone who's worked in a call centre at any point will know how much data they produce, mm-hmm. how, much, yep. how, much, how, much, how much metrics there are to be, to be gone through, yeah. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> And Excuse me, you'll have to forgive. I've got a <laughs> got a cold here, so I'll try and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's early in the morning. You're in what part of Australia? Eastern, so around Brisbane area, Queensland. Beautiful one day, perfect the next. If yeah, you need a holiday destination, Gold Coast, Australia, that's that's where you want to come. <laughs> yeah, it's up. This is like a 17-hour flight from uh, <laughs> Georgia. Ah, oh, well, you'll enjoy it when you get here, right? <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Do you know Amanda Hill? Ah uh, yes, I do know Amanda. I haven't, I've never met her in person, but I've, I've certainly spoken to Amanda. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got you. So, what's like the employment for the blind in Australia? Is it, you know, these high percentages of unemployment for um, the disabled there, like it is in the United States? I don't actually know the stats, but I would guess that it's very similar. Mm. Um, probably. At a really, really rough guess, maybe 20% of blind people are, are gamefully employed. Wow. Um, 30% maybe. I'm, I'm really not sure on the exact numbers, but it would be in that region, which I think is pretty similar to what's, what it is in the U.S. Mm. And what's the advocacy like? Um. <laughs> <laughs> coughing fit skills to to work there eh? <laughs> <laughs> apologies no problem let's hope let's hope those editing skills are coming along for you Vasha. Uh, i have a zero <laughs> but we have a nice editor so it'll be great <laughs> <laughs> the advocacy so once again that probably depends on who you talk to okay um i think people's impression of how it goes is is down to their personal interaction with their with the person that is supposed to be looking after them mm-hmm. um in terms of i think you guys have a fairly similar similar situation where you'll have a, a state level uh, advocacy group mm-hmm. you know employment specialist or whatever yeah um so here at australia i i haven't had to deal with that i've been employed in my current place of work for about 15 years 14 years okay so um I haven't needed to deal with that recently. From what I've heard from other, there's there's mixed reviews. Some people say they're really helpful, but like I said, you know, seventy to eighty percent of us don't have employment. So, 
<laughs> there's there's yeah. obviously yeah. a lot of impressions that people who are in that 70 to 80% that, you know, it just hasn't been successful. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, where do, where do they... Where does the blame lie? Is it, you know, right, right? Is it in the employer? Is it in the advocacy group? Is it, you know, in ourselves? Is it mm-hmm. a combination of all of it? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, how did you? You say you've been employed for about fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, in my current role, yes. Got you. And so, how did you traverse being blind and um, gaining employment? That's question number one, and kind of flip that, and let's go with question two and make it number one were you always blind i've got rp so i've progressively got you know lost sight as i've got older um i as far as rp goes i had a fairly aggressive version of it okay i've never had a driver's license for example i you know a lot of rp people i know used to drive once upon a time Mm, and things like this okay whereas um through through high school, I was I was using adaptive adaptive technology at that point. Gotcha. Um, so I probably, like many people, went through a lot of different phases. Um, I went through high school and I went to university. Um, out of uni, I, I couldn't find work. I didn't, in fact, finish the degree I had started. Um, I got into music for a while. I, you know... Um, I wanted to make a living doing that at, at, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, what it came down to was continuing to try. Mm. I went through phases where I wasn't trying, where I thought, oh, you know, this is a waste of time. I'll just uh, enjoy my life. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. With, you know, um, I was I was married fairly young um Mm. and my wife was working part-time as well so with the you know i had the ability to not work if i didn't really want to right um and because of the trying and failing and trying and failing i I certainly went through a phase where i just thought well it's not really worth trying is it you know (laughs) what's, what's the point of continually bashing my head against this brick wall um i played more music, I, you know, did a lot of sculpting, um, you know, indulged those sort of activities more than, more than looking for work. Um, but having children mm-hmm. meant that, you know what, <laughs> Gotta go to work. really, really, really need more money, you know? right, right. really need to, um, also bring up my kids in a way that they see that oh, this is the norm isn't that you sit at home receiving money from the government the norm is that you go to work you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. creating a culture in where that's the normal for for them yeah i think we we so often we're in a culture where in our community especially because of the difficulties in getting work where you know well that's just the norm you don't go to work you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so I got, I just kept applying. I got a traineeship with a local government um, health department. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did that for did that for a while, and that trainee that was only a twelve month thing that finished up. Um, and we just kept, I just kept applying until finally got someone who'd give me a go, and um, 
like I think, you know, with most blind people, you find someone who'll give you a go, and you'll you'll give it a go. You know, you'll mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you'll put your best foot forward, and you'll you'll do right by the company. And I'm lucky to work for a company that is um, we practice open book management. It's so everyone who works for the company has the ability to know what how what they do makes a difference. Right. Um, you know, you can go, you can look at the prof, the P and L, you can, you see the DPL, the, uh, the forward projection of, of where things are going, mm. you know, where, what needs to happen so that we can earn more money so that we can have more in our incentive. You know, it, it's a really open book management, I think. We're getting off on a bit of a tangent there. But no, um. that's actually interesting. And I never, I work for a company, um, it was a law firm, and we had that same um, concept. And, but what it did is it formed everybody who was with the mission together to become a team and work towards a common goal. And, you know, when you open up the company's books and it's not this executive-level leadership, you feel vested. You feel like part of the family. And I think that's very interesting that you even have um, – you know, of course, employment, not that, you know, I mean, I'm excited for it and we want that to be the norm, but even that type of culture is just not demonstrated in most companies today. So I think that's very interesting. No, it, and in, and for our company, for my company, it is a, it's a competitive advantage that we have. Oh yeah. That, you know, it's, it's, it helps us drive, um, you know, great metrics for for our clients so yeah because you're exactly right people anyone walking to the business Mm -hmm. can know where we stand what where our challenges are (laughs) Mm -hmm. what needs to change what's working well you know and um you empower people to make the decision Mm. most people come to work wanting to do a good job right 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 um why why put them in a corner and hide hide all the details from them right give them the information they need to make a to make the right decisions about how they how they perform their role Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, now i I would imagine you guys have team meetings group meetings oh yeah 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 absolutely oh man absolutely i miss those days man you know that it's a yeah I was going to say that whole collaborative spirit, you know, of working together. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Amazing. And in, in the call center industry, it's a, it's a tough gig, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's, um, so to, to anything you can do to help engage your employee, your employees and, and show them how they are really a part of the business. You know, everyone, everyone's a cog in the, in the business and we can all, we can all, do something to to make things better yeah so, anyway uh two yeah. other things with that one one is are there any other blind people there mm, no not in not in my center okay got you and the other so, yeah i was gonna say and the other thing about that type of uh company is what we used to do versus doing a yearly you know progress report or annual report on our you know, employees, what we would do is every month, you know, let them see where they stood, you know, the month prior and what they needed to increase or improve on. And that when we got to the end of the year, it's not this big old surprise whether you're getting a raise or not. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, we, that's certainly part of the core 
yeah. core structure of the business is to have monthly performance reviews. So for for everyone yeah, um, yeah. at all levels, um, so that yeah, people can know what what's going on. Yep. They have they have visibility visibility of of what's happening. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I, I think maybe the fact that this company was opened in that way was possibly why they were open to give me a go, you know, mm-hmm. at the beginning. I came in, I tested well, I, and, um, yeah, so I don't know yeah. if there's a correlation there or not. Um, but I think, yeah, I think there could be. Yeah, yeah, definitely so, definitely so. So you got a couple of podcasts. Um, I was listening because I thought it was just the coolest domain name, and you have audio dot pizza. So uh, I know we thought it was the coolest domain name as well. Man, it is. It, <laughs> it is pretty cool, right? But the thing with audio dot pizza is, what does it tell you? Nothing. Nothing. Man, a slice <laughs> of the audio, a pepperoni. Yeah. <laughs> So look, I'll I'll tell you a bit of a story about about that one because uh, right. I've you I've had um, iBlindTech.com for since about 2011 2012 okay. I started podcasting there um, and very focused on Apple products iOS I, I initially started there wasn't a lot of resources way back then for using iOS and I put up a whole heap of tutorials on the basics of voiceover mm-hmm. um, for getting getting people started. And that sort of grew into more, you know, interviews with various people and, you know, sort of expanded a little bit. Right. Um, and I've got a good friend, Sean, who had done – I'd worked with on other podcasts and so forth. And, and we both sort of got to a point where we're sort of like, you know what, I'm just sick of all this blind this and tech that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we we want to do podcasts because we love doing them, because we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, no pressure. You don't have to get one every week or, you know, this, that or the other thing. Uh, just sort of stepped away, wanted to step away from the pressure of having to do it all the time and whether or not you had something good to talk about or not, you know. So we sort of thought, oh, well, look, let's. Um, I was, I was in this. I was in the same thing, you know. I'm mm-hmm. sick of all this blind, eye blind tech. I, I, I got to hate that. <laughs> like, I am eye blind tech on Twitter. You know, my website is eyeblindtech.com, and I'm just right. sick of it. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> so we um, started up. We we're just looking through domains and. Audio dot pizza. I was just looking for domains that had audio in the title because that's all it was. We wanted to make audio when we wanted to make it for whatever reason we wanted to make it, you know. Right. And so audio dot pizza thought that well, that's pretty damn cool. Yep. Now, there comes the problem though. It, it it tells you nothing. It's from an SEO point of view. It's 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 it's, it's, it's all very well to want to step away from all the blind tech stuff. And not to, you know, but realistically, what do we talk about? Ah, oh, you know what? It's blind and it's tech. <laughs> Man. Uh, so we're just at the moment going through a rebranding of audio.pizza to blind.fm. Blind.fm. Oh, oh. Make audio so, pizza yeah. like the network with all the shows on it. And then you get plenty of SEO. Exactly. So Blind FM will be the the main podcast feed 
Um, we'll still do the audio pizza. We'll keep that tight. We'll use that word for roundtables when you know there's, we're doing a roundtable type one. Okay. That'll be one of our audio pizza roundtables. So we'll we'll keep the audio pizza thing going. Um, I'll put my iBlind Tech podcasts up there that I do that are very Apple specific. Um, we've got other contributors who you know put their own things up there. I'm in a minute. I'll be posting. Um, a podcast on ARIA, you know, the AIRA mm-hmm. yep. device that um, that one of our audio pizza contributors, Kayaker, that if you listen to the letter to Tim, you would have heard Scott Scott on there. So he's mm-hmm. yep. just got himself just got himself an ARIA device. Um, so I'll be popping up on a minute. And, um, yeah, so Blind FM, that's, that'll be the new home for all of this stuff. Wow. Um, I've got a, a bunch of Reaper tutorials that I'm working on. I've something that I'm passionate about at the moment, so I'm doing podcasts on it. You know, it, all the stuff we put up, it's because we're passionate about whatever it is. You know, yeah. because we we want to. Yep. Yep. If that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. you know, at the moment, I was, you know, Reapers. Uh, Reapers are a fantastic door, but there's a bit of a barrier to entry. Um, it's a little bit complicated, so I've been trying to put. I've got six tutorials up there now. Okay. Um, and I grabbed another domain, reapercast.com. So I'm putting them up on on that side as well. For if anyone who just wants to learn about Reaper, mm-hmm. they can just go to reapercast.com. But it all flows into Blind FM. Got you, got you. Now, Daw Digital Audio Workspace. What made you choose that over, say, GarageBand, Logic, um, something like that? Yeah, so I've always used Amadeus Pro previously. That's been the door I've used mostly um, since getting a Mac and and playing with it. Um, and look, I, I love AP. It's fantastic. I did the CAVI course, the Cisco Academy for Vision Impaired course on Reaper a while back. And now that was Windows-based. Um, and it sort of opened up a whole world of opportunity that I had not seen in, in Amadeus. There's no envelope. Well, there are envelopes in Amadeus, but they're not accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a destructive audio editor, not a, <laughs> you know, if you want to put an effect in, you, you bake it into the audio. Mm. Um, whereas Reaper, it, it, it's much more of a, an actual door rather than a audio editor, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. Um, GarageBand, I've never had very good experience with. Um, it's clunky feeling to me. Mm-hmm. It always when I when I tested it, I haven't tested it lately, so I don't I don't really know. I do have Logic as well. Um, if I was doing a lot of MIDI stuff, um, I would probably use Logic. But for long form audio editing, I think Reaper is, and even Amadeus Pro is better than Logic in terms of efficiency. Okay. Um, all of them basically will do the same sort of thing, right? It's just which which allows you to have a workflow that is efficient for the way you want to want to work. Mm. Now, what about accessibility of Reaper? What are you finding? What's what's like your problem areas? Things you wish they would fix? So it's improving all the time. Um, so Reaper itself is accessible. 
well, okay, let's start that again. Reaper itself is not that accessible, but there is an overlay called Osara, uh, which is written by the guys from NVDA, Jamie Tays mostly. Mm-hmm. Now, that Osara extension works on the Mac as well. So Windows or Mac, um, you install Reaper, you install Osara, uh, and you install another extension, SWS, which is basically extra functionality. Uh, Reaper is often referred to as the geek's door because it is so extensible, it is so flexible, um, and that is both its beauty and its downfall in that, you know, there's a bit of a barrier to entry, so that mm. it's, it's it can be so customizable and so... Um, scriptable that somebody first coming into it might be a little bit lost right right so but the the flip side of that is that it's incredibly powerful and that people are there's a large community of people who are writing scripts to do this that and the other thing all the time and they're you know freely available you can just install them um if that makes sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i think i've got off on a bit of a tangent there but Mm. the basic thing is with the sara Reaper is fantastically accessible. We, I've got, I've had access to stuff in Reaper that I never thought I would have access to. Okay. Um, putting envelopes on any particular parameter I like of a of an effect. So, if I want to side, oh, you know, just the other day I set up a side chain so that vocal on one track was. Um, affecting the amount of EQ put onto a different track. Okay. Um, routing, all of this sort of stuff is, is completely accessible in win- in Windows or the Mac with Reaper and Asara. Um, now, I know a lot of this stuff is also accessible in Logic, but I haven't, you know, I, I don't have the skills to know how to do it in Logic. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but Reaper, I, I can do it there. Okay. Okay. Um, Pro Tools, I know on on the Mac is really accessible as well with the Flow tools that are they're built on top of that. Um, the, on the Mac side of things, we've got a lot of really good options that are accessible. On Windows, I think Reaper is pretty much the primary accessible door on on Windows. Whereas on the Mac, we're probably a little bit more spoilt in that Pro Tools and Logic are also really good. Got you. Got you. Hmm. So, where, <laughs> where do we take the interview from here? <laughs> so you use that to edit. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm saying, where do we take the interview from here? <laughs> um. All right. So, um. Go ahead. Yeah. I think I just I'll finish up a little bit more on the Reaper thing. Okay. Um, so. Like I was saying earlier, I did do a really good course that you can do through the Cisco Academy for the Vision Impaired on Reaper. Okay. Um, and they're a, they're a sort of a long-term, you know, you might do 15, 20 catch-ups, um, tutorials mm-hmm. and sessions, learning sessions. Um, they're all made available for download afterwards as as a podcast feed, mm-hmm. um, pretty good pricing on them. Um, but it's very Windows-centric. It's all from the 
the Windows perspective. Okay. Um, now, on the Mac, I I did. That's that's sort of what prompted me to want to do. Okay, here's some basic getting started stuff for Reaper mm-hmm. on the Mac, because until recently the Mac version wasn't as accessible. The the key map had fall, fell behind and and various things like that. So with work that um, others have done and and some that I've done, we've got the Mac version, you know, almost up to where it is with with the Windows version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are still things that. You know, Reaper is more accessible on Windows. There are more, there's some more features that are accessible on the Windows side than the Mac side, but it is continuing to come along. Um, so that's my, that was the main reason I wanted to do the Reaper cast stuff, the the Reaper tutorials, just to show people that hey, you know what, this is a, a viable option, um, and one that you can be really efficient and really, whether you're doing MIDI or or audio. Or, or both, you know. All right. So, yeah. All right. So, like what I was telling you before we press record, and we can clearly see that audio is your passion. Mine is um, helping the disabled become employed, and something that I was thinking about, and I think this very much helps um, my idea, or at least lend some credence to it, is that I wanted to teach blind people how to do like voiceover work um you know for commercials things of of that nature to kind of have you know their own little bio or portfolio of of audio work and with having an accessible DAW and being able to teach you know mic control and breath control and editing you know they have a viable opportunity to to make you know endless amounts of money I think it's a yeah, it's certainly an option out there, along with audio editing as well. You know, that's that's another one that a number of people have looked into, mm-hmm. as and some people are working in the field of um, podcast editing. Um, with podcasts becoming more and you know, there's still growing the number of people who want to have a podcast, the number of businesses mm-hmm. that are making it the norm to have a podcast. Yep, um, it certainly is a field in which. It's at least worthwhile looking into as a as an opportunity to make a living, or at least to make some extra cash. You know. <laughs> there you go. All right, and so in ending, and speaking of making a living, extra cash and audio production, I've always wanted an Australian voice on a Fedora commercial, and so that was one of the reasons for me reaching out to you. So if we could kind of think of a script, negotiate it, I would be super excited uh, to have my first Australian produced commercial. What you think? Um, all over it, mate. I'll I'll be there for you. <laughs> all we right. can even we can even chuck in a g'day if you like. <laughs> hey man, I know it. I know it. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the smooth sounds of Mr. Garth Humphreys on electric guitar. I'm Vashon Jones <laughs> on saxophone. And uh, it's early in Australia. It is late here. I have a steak to cook on the grill. So you guys have a great one. <laughs>